Welcome to Student Talk, Curtin University Edition, an official podcast from the Australasian College of Paramedicine. In this series, we discuss hot topics, ideas and tips for paramedic students. We hope you enjoy it. Here is your host for today. My name's Sam Willis, and I'm the Discipline Lead for Paramedicine at the University here in Perth in Western Australia. And we also have here um, Atik Raymond. Welcome, Atik. Good morning, Sam. Welcome. Um, hi, thank you for that welcome. And um, yeah, my name is Atik Raymond. I'm a current third year student at of Paramedicine. And my background is emergency service work for the last 15 years. So I'm currently employed as an ambulance officer in the State Ambulance Service. And prior to that, I've been a police officer both in the UK and Australia. So I've got varied experience of working within two different jurisdictions and the challenges that come with that. No, that's fantastic. And, and to be honest, it's one of the reasons why I thought you would make um, a, an excellent participant because the topic that you chose about the interprofessional working between paramedics um, and the other emergency services, you've actually had the experiences of working in another emergency service. So I think your, your topic is, is absolutely pertinent and relevant to the work that we do as paramedics. And, and by the way, we'll use the term paramedic to include any of the other titles that, that services use across the world, whether it's emergency care assistant, emergency medical technician, we'll just use the title paramedic to cover anyone who, who works on an ambulance because the nature of the work is the same, even though, as we know, the title is protected by law. So let's, let's start by just making sure we have that definition. Um, and I just want to start by asking you the first, the first question. We've got a couple of questions here that allow us to structure the, the podcast. And the first one is about your current experiences. So you talk about being a, a previous um, police officer and also in your current experiences of, of being a, a student paramedic. What have you observed about how emergency services work together? Look, emergency services in their nature, they always work work well together because they have to it's vital none of them can do their jobs without the others so that's that's you know first and paramount um i guess i've kind of got a unique uh, way of seeing it through two different sets of eyes now and the one thing with emergency service work with its nature is sometimes you could be doing almost all three roles despite your training being primarily and down to one Generally, I think they work fantastically together. There's a lot of mutual respect. Um, however, I think we do sometimes slip up a bit and through no, no fault of our own, um, through you know, just ignorance, and we don't sometimes fully appreciate others' roles, responsibilities, or what they can and can't do. Yeah, so when you say that, when you say that they, they're due to the nature of what we're doing, is difficult to appreciate what, um, what the other person's role is. Have you experienced something that sticks into your, in your mind? Is there an example that you can think of? Um, well, I guess when we look at it, let's just say we just went to a normal motor vehicle accident. You know, the fire service will be there. One of the first things they do is make the car safe. Hmm. Sometimes paramedics or police might run in and try to start thinking of saving that person. And they kind of forget that sometimes. Um, Sometimes paramedics are thinking, you know, saving life, vital signs, you know, detecting correct any life issues. Police officers are just thinking personal safety, personal danger. What's gone on? Can this person hurt anyone else here? What else is in the car? 
And I think that kind of becomes second nature with what you're almost trying to deal with and what you're experiencing dealing with as well. So what do you think then are the barriers in emergency services working together? Um, mate, look, communication is a big barrier. So we've all kind of got different jargons and we don't understand each other's jargons. Uh, different priorities to a point, although everyone say, you know, saving life and limb is paramount to, across all services, um, but also an appreciation of what each other does, what they can do, how we all work. And I think the real barrier that is there's not enough uh, inter-service training, inter-service simulation exercises where we can watch, learn and have these discussions and you know, become better at what we do. No, I think uh, I have to agree with you. I think this idea of interprofessional collaboration is absolutely fundamental. Um, and, and it's one of, it's a very complex area to navigate. I mean, how do you implement um, a process or a system whereby we get to understand each other's roles? I was reading that in the UK, for example, they do have police that travel with ambulances in certain places. Um, in your opinion, what do you think we can do to, to bridge that gap? Well, for example, um, I know here they have a mental health nurse traveling with police officers for mental health incidents, which is, you know, great, you know, which is absolutely fantastic. Does that therefore also need a paramedic in there as well to give that, you know, give us that full exposure of everything that might possibly be needed for someone in an acute mental health presentation? Um, but these are things that can be trialed perhaps and looked into more, um, but with that comes risk and other challenges. Um, definitely maybe part of, you know, continuous professional development. Is there an avenue where we can do more of this? I know resourcing is tight with, for every service, but that would definitely be something uh, we could go to, whether that's at police academies or paramedic colleges or otherwise. No, that's that's excellent. And um, it, 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 if nothing else, we we're, we're actually having the conversation that nobody else is having. So hopefully what this podcast will do is it, the, the, the people listening will at least be mindful that there is an actual situation that exists whereby the relationship between each emergency service is very unique and it, it has to ideally come together. Um, so so I'm really enjoying hearing your, your different opinion and your different views and, and, and engaging in this conversation with you on this really important topic. And I suppose my next question relates to your unique perspective that you have based on your prior experiences. Is there anything that you do now in your role as student paramedic when arriving on scene to try and integrate with other emergency services that you think the listeners can benefit from? I think one of the things you've got to do, or what I suppose I tend to do, is just kind of just sit back and just take that extra moment or two and just look at what they are doing and thinking, well, when I was doing that role, what was I doing? What was I thinking? So why are they doing that? It's because of potentially this. And that can sometimes formulate the way you're going to prioritise what you do. Um, which is really kind of um, difficult to kind of articulate um, over a podcast without actually being in the actual situation. Yeah, so, so what I'm hearing is that by watching and observing and trying to understand what, what they are doing and what they're experiencing is a part, should form part of your plan. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, uh, 100%, yes. 
yeah rather than thinking what we need to do we go running in just take that moment see what see what look at the bigger picture zoom out and then then formulate a plan to move forward now this this sounds like the beginning of the mnemonic that you've created so last time you and i talked we had a chance to reflect on the bigger picture and you actually created a mnemonic that, that we both agreed would would be would work really well for complex situations particularly for novice practitioners maybe students maybe early career paramedics um, or maybe for people who are facing really complex situations when you've, you've got there's a risk of your adrenal gland kicking in and lots of people trying to get your attention uh, do you want to tell the 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 listeners about your mnemonic that you've developed yeah well we we just kind of um created it off the cuff didn't we sam and to try and help those new to sort of services as such or new to roles and one of the first things is like we've already said just stop just stop take a minute and then so it was going to be called sort p with the s being the stop so just stop take a minute look at what's ahead of us have a look oh observe get as full uh uh, an outlook of what you what is in front of you as you can not just what's directly in front but what's surrounding as well what's around you other people who are around you the next thing is r for reflect so have we come across a similar situation before what worked well what didn't what have we what have we learned anecdotally from others what have we learned from our studies or any other learning material and what and that's this r and then the t for sort is talk that's to communicate that's the big one communicate what you're thinking with your colleague communicate with your emergency services find out what they're doing what they need what they've seen and then p final one is plan formulate plan formulate together start working towards that and plans change so keep talking and keep changing as things develop so that was sort p so sort p is stop observe reflect talk and plan it might work for some people so a lot of people may still may do it by second nature who've been doing the job a long time. Mm. But yeah, I thought it was something that might well, I'll, I'll tell you why I, I like it. I like it for a number of reasons. Number one is the idea of stopping. How often do we jump out of the vehicle because there's members of the public waving their arms or there's some kind of chaos or crisis and you just want to get in there and help? Now, we are taught from an early stage within our education to do a windscreen um, view of the situation, look to see what's unfolding. Um, but that doesn't always necessarily stop us from jumping out and rushing in there quite quickly. You could even just discuss with your crew, mate, what's actually happening and actually verbalise. Um, observing is, is very powerful and reflecting if, you, if we talk about those. The reason I like those is because reflection is a very powerful tool. And like you've said, you may have had a similar situation like this before and reflected on it and thought to yourself, well, next time I, I'm in a situation like this, I'm going to do this differently. This is your chance to not miss that differently that you talk about or that you've learned from. This is your chance to, to implement the things that you've learned having been in this situation before. And as you said, to talking to others is always the hard one. A lot of the times, if we don't talk effectively or we don't communicate effectively with the other people on scene who have been there before you, you're going to miss something. And even the planning stage, it doesn't need to take that long. All of this can really take you anywhere between 30 and 40 seconds. So I really like it as a mnemonic. Um, and I think that that is actually really beneficial for, for people to think about when they're facing those challenging situations. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think the communication is key. And I recall an incident going in my, in, in my role as a paramedic and going to an incident. And the police officer, when he was doing his handover, gave me vital signs for the patients. And he must have seen my face because it took me aback. And I was thinking, that's different as a handover from a police officer. And he went, I used to be an army medic. I know what you're thinking. I was like, oh, OK. Uh, to which I responded, well, uh, is your plan to do A, B and C? And he was then taken back because I was thinking what he would be thinking as a police officer. And then I said, well, I used to do your job as well. And it was great. We had that kind of mutual understanding of each other's priorities and were able to formulate a plan going forward that way. Because this co- this topic is so important and most a lot of paramedics, if, well, all paramedics at some point will face this interdisciplinary working. Um, we mentioned earlier about some of the things we can do to improve it and the, the improvements focus around critical incident debriefing together, which is a complex thing to do, and some of the joint exercises we can do. But I wonder if there's something even even more local that we can do to try and break down these barriers on a daily basis. Yeah, look, I think there's, like we said, the challenges of resources and facilitating things is, you know, is always going to be there. But maybe the ideal opportunity to catch people is very early on in their career while everything's embedding whether that's at police academies, um, induction training prior to going on road. And that's where perhaps we can get all the services in, do joint exercises or just come in and have talks and, you know, very open Q&A sessions or, you know, specifically. So, for example, mental health would be a big one because that's something to the police and the ambulance service work together with all the time. Uh, motor vehicle accidents, fire service, absolutely. I know a bit of that does go on, but let's get everyone in together and see where we go from there. No, I, th- I think that's a really, a really pragmatic and reasonable solution to get them in at the point when you, you're you're going through their education, and the police and whoever it is, they will determine what the pertinent information is that they want to get across for the benefits of working together on scene closely and therefore providing a, a higher quality patient care experience. Because ultimately, regardless of what your role, we're all aiming for the same goal, and that's to provide a, um, a service to the public for their own protection and safety and, and health and health and welfare and well-being. So we're all aiming for the same goal. So I think bringing people in in, in the early stages is a really sensible solution. Yeah, and, you know, going further, I was just thinking about this as well. I remember one of the things that struck me when I first doing, started doing emergency work was, why have we got an ambulance control room, a fire control room, and a police control room at three separate locations, not even in the same building, just completely different? And it's really interesting because I've been following the inquest into the Manchester terror attack bombing, and that's one of the big things that's come out of there. There's a communication breakdown, and that's key. And that's not just from you know the operational room breakdown, but that filters down through. So I think anything we do that can join other services um, can only be beneficial to the community as a whole. Mm-hmm. And, and I absolutely agree with you. And the, 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 the data speaks for itself about the, the benefits to, patient, to adverse incidents and patient care and quality of care. Whenever you have a system that is joined up, there's always going to be better out- outcomes for the patient. I'm just wondering, have you experienced any situations where you think that because of the nature of the messiness of the joined up working where it's not gone so well and, and things have fallen apart because of the, the lack of joined up working. 
Yeah, and I think, again, it comes down to communication because when you're on the ground, it's very hard to portray that to someone who can't see what you're seeing because sometimes a picture paints a thousand words. An example um, that just sticks in my mind is waiting on the scene for an ambulance to attend as a police officer with very limited medical training, trying to deal with someone who we can see is having some sort of medical emergency without knowing exactly what's going on or not having the diagnostic tools to try and detect what's going on. And I'm waiting and waiting and waiting to the point where let's just put them in a police van and hopefully get them to a medical facility before the worst happens. And that's kind of always going to be the danger. You know, one person's uh, organization is waiting for another because there is that breakdown in uh, communication or resource availability and knowledge as well of the other's roles. No, that's excellent. And and the other one that I think of off the top of my head is the, the, the difference in the role. So, for example, as a paramedic, you, you're priorities are welfare and well-being whereas with police it's primarily upholding the law and sometimes there might be a conflict of the two roles no I, think, no I think you're right sometimes there is conflict but i think there is also greater appreciation of um, the welfare of someone comes first you know preserving life and limb always comes first whichever emergency service um you're part of i'm fairly sure but you're right, your priorities and focus can be very different and that can mean you can miss something that can be quite pertinent and can then become, you know, yeah, it could spiral downwards. So yeah, there's a lot to kind of um, learn from each other. There's a lot we can um, gain from the mutual working together and and ignorance is massive, it's huge, isn't it? Ignorance is huge, you know, and if we can kind of, work to reduce that i think everyone's on to a winner no I, I agree and it just highlights this conversation just highlights the nature of of how much uh, i always refer to paramedic work as high stakes high risk unpredictable time poor and if you add all those things into a big pot and mix them up you have the potential for so many different things to go wrong and then if you add you you acknowledge this idea that you add a human to the system there's always going to be errors and then if you add the rest of the stuff, throw it into the big into the big uh, boiling pot, stir it around a little bit, and you could potentially have, um, you know, the Swiss cheese model of human error. What, if, those, if everything lines up, a stressed out, fast-paced, uh, pre-hospital, out-of-hospital care environment, a police officer that's also equally as busy, a high-stakes situation. So it's important that we do get this right, and it's important we do address this as a subject so that ultimately we can provide a high quality and excellent patient care. So thank you very much, uh, Tiki. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. I've, uh, I've enjoyed uh, exploring this topic in some detail with you. And um, uh, hopefully we can do it again shortly. Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening. You can find more great content on our website, paraminutes.org. Or if you have any questions, contact us on education at paraminutes.org. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.